Seventy pounds. The weight is starting to go down, folks. Some people would think that's good. And not me. I'm trying to keep it up as long as I can. Remember, I eat two loaves of bread a week. In spite of that, oh well, it is what it is. I have to be strong for all you folks that are also sick out there. You can do it. <laughs> uh, the one thing you don't realize until you have to is your mortality. Weird, huh? You never think about it until it hits you in the face. So... Enough of that nonsense. On with the show. We're finally coming down the mountain from Susanville. And we're exhausted from that hair-raising adventure. I mean, it's like jumping out of the plane for the first time with a parachute. You did it. And you can tell everybody you did it. Well, that's what that was. Next, Torino. But we're going to a town called Sparks, Nevada, which is right next to Torino. Look it up on the Google. Back then, that's where you started out. Back then, all the... Hotel and Casino Help lived in Sparks, actually. They didn't live in Reno. That's for the rich folk. The working folk lived there in Sparks. There was a row of motels and $15 a night? You can't go wrong. And... Bob got us three nights with the money left over. The cool thing was we didn't realize about Reno or Vegas. Well, I had been in uh, Vegas, remember, when I was younger, 13. But now we're in Reno, and I really had forgotten. The food is so cheap. I mean... All three of us went to a casino. We each had a big breakfast, and it only, I swear to goodness, only cost us 99 cents each for the big breakfast. Wow. Number one, we weren't going to starve. Now, number two, we had to get jobs now. Lynn never really had to work. He was, you know, spoiled. I mean, he he relied on his mother and father and his drawings. He never had to work. He's a working fool now, 
But back then, you know, and when he was climbing trees, he was there for the excitement and the adventure. But now, work, no. You know, so it was up to Bob and I to get a job. We showered the next morning, and uh, we took the car, and off we went. Bob found a job first, working security at Harris. So what he did was he walked on the catwalks above all the tables with binoculars all night long. He got the third shift. So, you know, um, and to watch and see if anybody was cheating. They taught him everything he was looking for. And this was in 1981 before, you know, so they could still get away with that stuff. Um, he would come home and tell us stories you wouldn't believe. And uh, believe me, after hearing some of those stories, I would never try and cheat. Not that I could, but after hearing that, what they did to you, I don't care who you are. I'll give you a, for instance, Bob told us, he didn't have to wear a uniform. He was up in the catwalk. Nobody ever saw him. But they caught somebody, and two uniforms, actually Bob caught him, to be honest with you, and uh, two uniforms took him in back, and the guy was drunk and thought he would got away with something. They handcuffed him, and then he tripped and fell down a flight of steel stairs. Now, depending on how he fell, determined if he went to jail or the hospital. And Bob said this was, you know, twice a week. So, wow. Okay, I'm convinced. I don't know about you. But anyways... That was good enough for me. The moral of the story back then, don't go into any casino with ill intentions. Bob really liked his job. He felt really, really important. And like um, a G-man, look it up on the Google. And... No, the, although nobody saw him, he would tell all the women how he was the eyes in the sky. And they knew what that was. Everyone that worked there knew what it was. And they, he really got away with a lot telling people that. And uh, he really did. That's all I can say about that. Little Bob, five foot three inches, five foot, four inches. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Anyways, me, I was a kino writer at the Nevada Club. And the only thing that I could uh, claim to fame 
was the story goes that the owner was a part of the purple gang back east, whatever that was, Google it. And he was the accountant. He stole the money, started the casino, and he was stuck upstairs of the club that I was working at. Never could come down for the rest of his life because there was people there to kill him. Weird, huh? Cool, huh? You had you had some history here too. Wow. See how my voice goes up? Anyways, if you went and played at this club, the Nevada Club, you could tell all your friends. Oh, yeah, I was at the Nevada Club. And I think I saw the owner. He came down the steps, and then I think he ran back up. You could make that fish as big as you wanted to. You get it? Back then, they still did it by hand. The Kino was kind of cool to me because, you know, I had to learn how to do this paint stroke. And it took, you had to do it a certain way. And I mean, it took a couple days, and I'm pretty artistic. And, um, it, like you see in those old Japanese karate movies where they do the, and that was it. And it was beautiful. I thought, once you got good at it, you could make it look beautiful. And then you watch the customer just crumple it up and throw it in the garbage. And as they didn't win, and uh, too bad. Oh, well. Were they, um, I did this day in and day out. So, no, that's wrong. Night in and night out. Both Bob and I had the third shift. He got off an hour after I did. I got off at 7 a.m. He got off at 8 a.m. So it kind of worked out perfect. We would drive to Sparks, have breakfast across the street from our motel at the casino, 99 cent each. I would always leave the girl a dollar tip, and life was good. We had everything paid for, gas in the tank. I mean, you know, and Lynn would stay in the motel room and just watch TV. If he got bored, he'd go to the casino across the street and hang out there for a couple hours. And, you know, that was it. So by the time he was, not that he was too good to get a job, but he just, you know, and Bob allowed it, so who am I to say anything? If it was up to me, get your lazy goat smelling butt up. Let's go. Make something of yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it wasn't my th- my son. You know, it was his son. And Lynn was cool. I mean, he really was. I really liked the kid, you know. 
and we'd work out together. So I couldn't argue with him. You know, we um, used the the window with the lights on in the room, and that would show our reflection. And we would, okay, 25. Okay, I did 25 too. Okay, 50. Okay, 50, and we'd do 50 curls. And, you know, this went on for like a month until we built up some money. Oh, I'm the one that got the tips, not Bob. I did. So that first week or month, I'm sorry, month, we were living off the tips. And um, to eat and to pay rent. Now, remember, I still had my stash, and that's where it stayed, hidden. That's my get-out-of-dodge-fast stash, if I ever had to, you know. But I didn't, and I always have that. It's a go, like a go stash, you know what I'm saying. Now everybody has one, a go bag or, you know, whatever, but... That didn't exist back then. Um, And you'll find out later how I cultivated this into a thing, you know, with envelopes and everything. What I mean by that is you sock some away, and in your head it's away. It doesn't exist, no matter what excuse you're giving yourself. Anyways, Back, um, digressing again. One day, we're having breakfast in our favorite casino. And a girl with jet black hair, uh, blue, blue eyes, comes in. And I said to her, hi, I'm Gabriel. She looked at me, looked me up and down. Hi, I'm Sean. And in walks right behind her, her mother. They were there for the breakfast. And what I didn't know, I learned later, which you'll find out, but okay, let's not give it away yet. I see your mother's giving me a dirty look. And I didn't care. I just, you know, very nice to meet you, madam. And uh, you come. I come here every morning, I told her, uh, for breakfast at 9 o'clock sharp after work. I hope to see you here again. Where do you work, she said. I said, the Nevada Club writing Kino. And she, uh, the mother grabbed her and said, let's go. We're going to be late for our thing that we have. What I didn't realize is everywhere she went, her mother went with her. A little weird, don't you think? Well, listen, each to his own. You know, she kept, the mother kept her out of a lot of uh, trouble and, you know, so, and I was troubled with a capital, yo, <laughs> Anyways, back then, but I did care. She made her mother come back the next 
day and sharp at night, just like I said. We were all done eating our breakfast, you know. I I got there probably 8.30 and ate my food, and Bob's sitting there talking to the waitress, trying to make time with her, like Bob does with every woman alive. And, uh, you know, part of that Napoleon syndrome. Anyways, he sees him come in, and then all of a sudden she's not hungry, and their mother is sitting at the table by herself, so Bob introduces himself and said, you know, I'm his stepson and what a good man I am. And Bob started talking. The lady was watching me and watching her. We went out and talked in the casino while they were in the restaurant, but there was windows so she could see me. She gave me her phone number, and back then, obviously, there was no cell phones. And uh, I said, Okay, I'll call you sometime. Don't worry about it. Well, do you have a phone number I can reach you at, Sean said? I said, no. I'm staying at the motel right now, right there across the street. But I'm either here at the casino or I'm at my hotel room and uh, number whatever it was, or I'm working at the Nevada Club. So if you're ever looking for me, you can find me if you really want. A month had gone by, and by then we were dating. I found out her ho- uh, father was in the hospital. That's where they had to get to that first time we met him. They were having breakfast and then going right to the hospital. Um, he was in a car accident. And that's the first time I've ever heard of a, I hope, I hope I'm saying this right, a colostomy bag. Anyways, we would go up to his room every day. This, you know, this is part of our routine, daily routine. And the mother would change it. And the mother started liking me because I was so gentle with um, her husband. You know, the man is down and out. The last thing you want to do is try to macho him, you know. And, uh, you know, I'd hold his hand and ask him questions, and he would just look at me in tear. You know, he was pretty messed up. Anyways, um... The thing is that jobs were like waterfalls there. They were everywhere. So the Circus Circus Casino was right next to the hospital. So I got a job there running change. I figured that way, you know, I would pick up Bob when he was off work. He would... uh drive me over to circus and circus in the morning. I would do my shift. I'd get off about, say, four, and then three or four, I can't remember. But And then Sean's mother would pick me back up, and uh, we'd go to the hospital, and then 
take me home. And we all did that for like a month, you know. But I got tired of her always being around the mother. Oh, my gosh. And the mother was very opinionated and very bossy. You know, I don't mind, you know, um, for a little while, but it's hard. You know what I mean. It's hard when you meet that kind of a person and they know it all and they make sure that you think that you don't. And I see how she beat down uh, Sean, her daughter, I wasn't going to have it anymore. I had had enough. I was, I'm very polite and very humble, but at a certain point I have to say thank you, but no thank you. So I warned Sean. I said, you know, <laughs> but she didn't hear me because she was too busy looking in her own mirror. And I told you, she's very pretty. I don't know if I told you or not, but she was very pretty. Probably an 8 on my standards out of 10. She was pretty. I got to say, that she heads would turn, you know. And then Bob, in the meantime, had found a nicer place outside of Reno, and it was some cabins, and they were real nice, too. Hey, Ma, please be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast down here.